beloved, you are now tuned in to Three Black Men, a podcast by three black men where we talk about theology, culture, and the world around us. The following content may not be suitable if you ain't real enough. Listener discretion is advised because real recognize real. Here's the hope when we look familiar. My friends, I'm so glad you could join us. Wanted to take y'all in the Wayback Machine real quick and review an older episode we have. Now, this episode I'm pulling up is actually the second ever episode we ever recorded. Way back when. As a matter of fact, Sam, Rob, and myself, we hadn't even met in person yet. Well, we've only done it once so far. Actually scheduled to do so in another couple weeks at the time of this recording. Matter of fact, there's a chance that by the time you're hearing this, that meeting will have already happened in Utah as we were asked to be a part of a panel on podcast in the religious community. Like that's how far we done came since the time that we recorded this episode. But the episode is on black male friendships. It's one of those conversations that we were able to speak, if not authoritatively, at least experientially, because Black Male Friendships is how this whole podcast began. Three black men started out of the overflow of friendship. We started this whole podcast about theology, culture, and the world around us because of the type of stuff we was talking about when we kicked it as boys. And when we had this conversation, as I went back and listened to it after a couple of years now, I was floored at points by the level of vulnerability that we shared the insights we had. We went some places that I don't know if I really anticipated going in that particular discussion or at all during this podcast when we first set out to do this thing. But it's a pretty heavy and lengthy and in-depth conversation that I don't want to spend too much time introducing before I invite you guys to give it a listen. So without me doing too much dancing around, let's take a look back at our second ever episode. Talking all about black male friendships. Okay, welcome back to episode two of our podcast. Everybody, three black men podcast. We live, baby. <laughs> we live hey. for another conversation. And on the table today, we're talking about friendship, especially black male friendship and holding space for it, how we interact. And I will kick it off uh, with just giving a little bit about why I wanted to bring this to uh, our listeners. Um, I think a lot of people see us interact, especially making jokes online and uh, they enjoy that kind of banter. And they also, enjoy like the real like love that we show one another but I wanted to take time to actually slow down and talk about the difficulties of maintaining friendships especially with men especially I'm in my late 30s and and holy and especially being Christian because 
having Christian male friendships is a lot. So <laughs> um, I guess the first question I would ask uh, you guys is where are you with male friendships? Before we talk about our, our relationship together, where are you guys with friendships in your life with other guys? Yeah, man, for me, it was definitely a process for the fact that like coming out of adolescence in the young adulthood, um, my path was a little bit different than a whole lot of people. Like I've been a father and a husband for almost all of my adult life, where all of my contemporaries, like the people I grew up with, didn't have that same tale. Um, so I had to navigate this thing where I was accountable to a different set of people than they were because for them it was accountable to each other and me it was accountable to my wife and my children and i feel that that strain like early on kind of um made me have to re-examine and re-evaluate yeah. what friendship needed to be for me mm -hmm. to the point yeah. where now with this phase of my life like we can only be friends if you can understand that this um relationship is not always going it's not it's, it's not going to be the steadiest thing in the entire world like dude, stuff happens in seasons um yeah and, can i ask you a question for sure i'm sorry um how long did it really take you to get to that point though like is that somewhere you just recently got to or just I mean, and i asked that just because you you mentioned that most of your adult life you know you've been married and a parent so just in that context, what would that, like, how was your um, maturation process in that? Yeah, I like that. Go, I think that's a good question. Cause especially like the way my situation worked out, right? Like I, I've known my wife since my 19th birthday. Oh, I, um, snap. Yeah, and we were married and had kids before I graduated college. And in that regard, like, it was even tougher to navigate because when we first met, like she was hanging around me and the boys. So when it came like time, like, nah, this is no longer what that situation is. Now, like, this is my wife and everything. I don't know if I could put a date on when it finally clicked for me. It was just mm -hmm. one of the situations where like, hey, Trey, you want to ride with us um, to X, Y, Z. And, and, and me saying no so many times, eventually people stopped asking. And like, it won't know love lost or nothing of the sort. It's just like, people I guess kind of got what was happening yeah but I never really sought out like replacement friends it was kind of isolated which I don't think was the yeah. place to be um until I started seeking out like new relationships and new friendships now I know you said something interesting earlier Robert you emphasized that like black Christian male friendships is a, a tough space to navigate and I hadn't even thought about it but I think I'm inclined to agree for the fact that there's always this thing, especially when you meet somebody in a Christian context where you feel the need to put up this front. Like you don't want to show them all of you because you don't know where they are in their walk yet. Mm. You don't know what type of judgment is going to be brought on you. Yeah. If you show them certain parts of you that we kind of act like not supposed to exist in the church, you know? Mm -hmm. My God. Well, yeah, we'll talk about that. We'll get to the rest of our where we are but yeah let's talk about that for a second i yes well yes i, I agree go ahead sam <laughs> tell us where you are and then then we'll we'll conquer that because i have thoughts on thoughts on thoughts um i'll say uh i'm evolving mm -hmm. um 
I guess it really took me a minute to um, grasp what friendship was uh, just because it's well with with men um, but I think that had a lot to do with or I'm finding through my psychiatrist that that has a lot to do with my relationship with my dad so it was always difficult for me to connect with different men or with men especially a specific type of man any mm-hmm. man that would um, be sort of uh, the alpha male that's manipulating in in different ways but slightly manipulating Mm -hmm. that gets under my skin quick and the moment i notice it we fall out but it's me uh, um it's just misdiagnosed pain Mm -hmm. i'm blaming them for my own personal issues which is why i'm in counseling (laughs) because i don't like doing that uh so just um, that's why I say it, it's evolving because like I'm 35 years old so I don't have a whole lot of life experience but um, it really took me probably a good 34 years to to really get to that point um, and even attempting to possibly repair some things um, yeah. or bracing you know having conversations that could lead to bracing to repair some things because sometimes you just can't jump into it like mm. that um but yeah so that that's that's kind of where i am it, it, it's evolving so no oh, i appreciate that i think uh i'm evolving also i <laughs> i think for me i have always uh been responsible so since i was I mean, maybe five or six years old, I have been thrust into responsibility. And that has made developing friendships difficult. Um, People connect to me very easily. I mean, in the same way that you plug in a light into a light fixture. And uh, people enjoy friendships with me to a certain degree because it's like, man, this is awesome. He's nurturing. He's whatever, you know, fill in the blank, you know, he'll listen to you. He will be the the daddy you never had, the friend, you know, know, um, the listening ear you always wanted. Um, But it took a long time to realize uh, that a lot of those friendships were unhealthy for me. And, uh, and then I, I also have difficulty connecting with other men because of my own daddy issues mm-hmm. um and had a real domineering father that's the nicest way to say what my father was um and and so what that made it it, it just made me either try to dominate uh people or be dominated and uh i don't like being dominated so Mm -hmm. um it kind of forced me to be something other than what i am and Mm -hmm. and so it took until recent years to allow that's where my aggression comes from exactly i'm more aggressive and hostile than i need to be for no reason same it's a defense mechanism and i wouldn't say it's no reason i think it well yeah i I think the world presented itself a certain way and then Mm -hmm to survive you learned survival skills yeah, yeah part yeah. of maturity means 
assessing, do these skills serve you now in the life that you want to live? Yeah. And, um, you know, that coping mechanism for me helped me survive through a lot of seasons. You know, that aggression growing up in Chicago helped me survive. It helped me navigate um, a crazy household. It helped me navigate friendships and relationships with men that did not serve me. But now I find that that skill um, of being too hard does not serve me and it does not promote thriving, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so now I'm trying to detangle that thing. Uh, well, so, okay, can I ahead. ask a question? Yeah, I'm sorry. Sure. Um, You're fine. So is it that you, you find it useless completely or uh, mm -hmm. that it's one of those, um, it can be tapped into, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like if you, if you need to go there or do you, you find it's more so associated with something that you necessarily need to be healed from. And once you be healed, then maybe that won't be, is that? Yeah, that no, that be? makes sense. I, th I think for me, it can, I think it, when healed, the motivation for, how aggressive I can be, how defensive I can be, how shut mm -hmm. down I can be, how unemotional I can be, um, how hard I can be with other men. Yeah. Um, I can tap into elements of that, but the motivation I find for me is so dark. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah. when I reach that place, I know I'm dis I'm like disconnecting wires of the man that I know that I'm supposed to be. Mm. And because yeah. I know deep down I am sensitive, I'm empathetic, I am a lover. And okay, you going, okay, let me, <laughs> you right. know, if I'm disappointed or let's say, you know, you hurt me in any way, I don't need this anyway, because <laughs> I'm about to be a real man. And so that does not serve me in the man that I want to become. Um, and that I am becoming because that is the old me. And I, I think ultimately I don't have anything to fear. You know, 14 year old Robert had a lot to fear. Um, and that coping mechanism helped me to rise above fear. Well, I don't have a lot to fear anymore, whether mm -hmm. that's being hurt in relationship with other men, whether that's a man trying to punk me, whether that's, bosses trying to punk me i do not fear bosses <laughs> um sometimes to an unhealthy degree i don't fear bosses <laughs> um but does that make sense so so yeah, yeah. I, I think it can be situational but i think yeah. ultimately um when that place in me is fully healed i can assess healthily what is the appropriate emotion for right now and yeah. how is the new Robert to respond to this stimuli? Hey, and see, I asked that. On, I'm sorry. Y'all hitting on some major stuff right now, right? Because all of us, it seems like, have are now at least at the stage in our life where we're unearthing things that we developed earlier in our lives, um, often as coping mechanisms in direct response to a circumstance in our life. Um, and often a great deal of that circumstance can be directly tied to a man in our lives or the father mm -hmm. in our lives. It was supposed to be the father in our lives, mm -hmm. right? 
all three of us know our fathers. Yeah. <laughs> all, all three of us are acutely aware of that. My father right. died when I was 14 years old. And as a matter of fact, like a lot of the aggression I have came in response to the fact that at that exact age where all of my friends were, their, their dads were teaching them how to shave and how to drive and everything like that. Yeah. I didn't have mine. And I didn't yeah. even really know how to go through a grieving. Cause like I clown a whole lot. That's always been my coping mechanism. I was at my dad's funeral clowning, right? And two days later, I was back at school uh, leading a show. Like, like I, I didn't go through much of a process and I just started like showing out and my mom, bless her, it's not like indicted my mom at all, but because like she was, even before my father passed, the, uh, she was basically raised me as a single mother um, because, well, not I don't not not to say my dad was a deadbeat or nothing, but they, they had separated at the time and she didn't know what to do with me by myself at that point because mm -hmm. I'm smelling myself and everything and aggression was all I had. Like, okay, if I can't yeah. do nothing else, like this is what I'm yeah. gonna do, right? Um, and not knowing all of the things that we've learned to lean on as coping mechanisms can really be a barrier to maintaining yeah. healthy relationships with other yeah, men, man. right? Because yeah. one thing we, we've all kind of hit on is this idea of aggression that we can't always explain, but we know it's there. Yeah. And like me, one, one moment, it sounds silly when I tell people, watching the Avengers movie where like the whole, there was like, hey man, like how, how you gonna handle this? And he was like, this is my secret. I'm always angry. And that mess resonated with me so much because in all honesty, like the anger hasn't gone anywhere. I've mm. just learned how to master it as opposed Absolutely. to letting it master me. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. That's right. real. And, and yeah. I, my bad, but no, um, no, go ahead. No, go ahead. But yeah. grabbing a handle of that, right? And 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 knowing like the things that are working inside of me help me to define the boundaries of what I have to offer other people. Oh, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and, and and what I should let them know, like, all right, it, it helps me put the contours on what a relationship can and cannot be with other people. Yeah. And I, I think that's unique um in this way to black men, right? And I think I, I like what you said. It is a hindrance, I think, even to black male friendship specifically, because this aggression and anger piece, I think we're angry, y'all. <laughs> I think we're, and I'm sure, you know, don't at me, you know, so. so. Well, and, and, and some and, white white person is like, I'm angry too. Okay, this, this is the yeah. three black man podcast. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> y'all start your own podcast. Y'all talk about white issues. Okay, <laughs> not at me. I've been angry right. with my father too. You, then y'all do your own podcast. Yeah, I'm, go and, ahead, Sam. And and I I think this for the part of the reason of what you're saying. I think this might be sort of dangerous territory because where it can teeter um, because how black men are perceived, yes. right? We're perceived as angry, um, but just like, you know, I think all three of these alluded to, you know, eventually there, there becomes this um, recognition, you know, as we mature that, yo, I'm angry. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, and, and I think for me, it, it, it really took for, to see how um, I was taking some of these, because I didn't know how to express it because I didn't know what it was. Uh, it took its toll on my marriage. And mm. so I was, um, you know, my anxiety, depression, and it wasn't necessarily that um, 
you know, I was, I found myself just being a jerk sometimes, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I would realize that like, yo, I was a dick the other day. Yeah. And so my wife being so loving and so patient (laughs) would just let it go. And then, you know, when she felt like she could approach me, she would say something. Mm. And eventually I started to get it like, yo, okay, maybe I need to talk to somebody. So I talked to my pastor and my pastor was like, yo, well, maybe you should talk to uh, a psychiatrist, somebody that might be able to prescribe something that may be able to help you along the way. Mm. And I ain't looked back since. And, and ultimately what I found, and cause Trey, you said something um, when you talked about how, uh, what you had to find what it was that you could offer to a friendship Mm. well for me i never really felt like i had anything to offer Mm. Mm. you see what i'm so i had to deal with that and that stem also from just some things that happened with my dad and and let me be clear my dad was there there are many ways that i could say that if i can be half the man my dad was I feel like I'm doing pretty good many mm. ways. Yeah. But he wasn't perfect. Right. And and yeah. he was physically abused and emotionally abused as a child. So he did the best he could with given how he was raised. Night and day difference. You see what I'm saying? But but there were still some shortcomings. And in some of those things, it took its toll on my on my esteem and how I saw yeah. myself. And so now anytime I saw or had a relationship or talked to a man that reminded me of the ways that I didn't like or the things that I didn't like that I saw in those moments that I remember, mm-hmm. I'm gonna go off. Hey, that's really real. Cause <laughs> you, you talking about triggers right now. And, and it's something that we've turned into like a euphemism in online discourse and stuff, but that's real. Like there's certain things like, like, okay, to this day, to this very day, there is nobody outside of the doctor's office and the car dealer that calls me by my first name. Right. And I, I, I cannot tell you why, well, I, I, I won't, it's one group of friends that does it just to tick me off. But, um, but like nobody <laughs> calls me by my first name. Most people don't even know my first name. Like if they ever hear somebody calling them like, who is that? And like, don't worry about it. You, you ask too many questions, but like hearing like somebody call me my first name, when, when I hear it, I'm like, that's not me. That's my dad. Like, you know, and, and yeah. just that all the things that that goes through that I have to work through and it's not for anybody to unpack, but that's something that I had to wrestle with. So like you even see like <laughs> there's little like jokes every now and then my 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 folks will play with me about that because like they, my my family they don't they don't call me my first name either and the funniest thing about it is it's passed down with four generations my son I gave him the same first name um yeah. but just even that little thing right is a little trigger for me that won't make sense to anybody else mm-hmm. unless you know me and my story and I say all that to say that there's little things like we talk about. Uh, somebody acting towards you in a certain way will will get you to a certain place. One of the barriers to friendship, one of the things that makes friendships tough is that like we all have triggers that we haven't dealt with and that won't make sense until we've gotten to a certain point of transparency. And it's hard to start a friendship off that way. It's something that you have to build towards, you know? Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm really sitting with um, the anger piece, right? Like in the trigger piece and the impediments. 
And I was thinking when you were talking, Sam, uh, that uh, what if, I mean, yes, we are angry, I think, as Black men. And I think that's why we don't see deep Black male friendships. I think we see, you know, surface level friendships. We see homie level jokes, 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 jokes. Uh, Friendships, we see boys, but we don't see, I mean, we don't see a lot of close Black male friendships. I mean, we see toxic Black male friendships. Um, but what if we're we're not all angry? But what if we're grieving and we're mourning? Mm. That's and I was they, st- go ahead. Okay, okay. I do. I do want to like like put wait. Let me, let me let me let me because I was the reason why I say that is because there's this uh, quote that that is ringing with me because as you guys are talking, you guys are bringing up pain. Yeah, that's the immediate thing that as you guys are both talking about anger, the next thing you say is are these painful realities in your life. Yeah. And what if anger is the only conduit most of us are allowed to feel? Mm. Mm. And so there's this quote that I think of, and it says, I sat with my anger long enough until she told me her name was grief. Mm. And there's two things in that for black men. I think one, the world that presents itself to black men I think we have a right to be angry. I mean, I think there's a lot of like, I'm hearing your story, Trey. I think you should still be angry. (laughs) Actually, like, I think when we like say these very traumatic things and we're like, yeah, but I'm pretty good. And I'm like, this isn't normal. (laughs) This isn't, this is not normal. Like this is actually not. And I think what's unrealistic for black people in general, like especially black women, but we're talking about black men right now, is this, oh yeah, but like, I mean, I mean, you know, that was, you know, when I was 15, you know, that, you know, I'm a man now and I'm like, yeah, that's not normal. Mm. And so we should be angry, but what if, you know, in this quote, it says until, you know, she told me her real name was grief. I think what we haven't seen is black men grieving. Mm. And I think we have so much aggression with one another in the world and we take it out on our women to Sam's point. Yeah. Um, I think because we, we don't tap into, but not today. Yeah, we do. <laughs> we do. But we don't tap into that grief part. I think we, we feel the initial wave, which is anger, aggression. We take it out on whatever's around us, but it's like, what if we're all one big grieving factory out here? Hey, that's you really know? real. Because yeah. when I was about to cut in a second ago, you, you were talking about how like we don't see a lot of black male friendships. And I want to be careful in that people don't think we're, we're trying to say that they don't exist or that they're yeah. unicorns or whatever. Because right. I, I've seen we a do. few yeah. and 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 like one one thing that I'm that comes to mind right now is that um like I'm I'm a member of fraternity, right? Like five eighty six fraternity incorporated. Yeah. And like there's there's bro- like my kid's godfather is was one of my line brothers from college. Um to this very matter of fact, he, he just texted me a minute ago. I, I didn't answer because I'm recording right now. But like he he he's down for the calls. He remembers birthdays, all that stuff, just check in on me on the wife sometimes to come down, spend a couple nights because he lives like probably hour and a half two hours up the road now but like like I, we got friends but i think as i listened to you it even made more sense because first of all let me go ahead and put the, the the disclaimers out there five beta simmons and non-pleasure non-hazel organization 
But <laughs> one of the things that many of those organizations will do in, in creating those bonds is they will put you in a stressful process. Like they will put you through uh, in, in stressful circumstances and, and, and through stressful uh, uh, situations for the, the express end of creating bonds that are tough to overcome. And, and the height of that bond is typically anger, right? Like you are so mad yeah. at what you're being subjected to that you don't have anything to do but to share that anger with the people that you're surrounded by. And even after that's all over and you guys get to, to, to laugh and share and all that stuff together, right? Yeah. You know, the, things are forged in that relationship. Now, like you said, sitting with that anger long enough to define it as grief, because if you sit there with your anger and and and, and don't ever process it, it will destroy you. If you don't figure out how to process, pro you can't really, really process will. anger until you can name it, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and, mm -hmm. and the fact that the matter is if that, if you don't mature to that process, uh, I don't know how long you can sustain a relationship where that's all there is, right? So yeah. when we're talking about like, black male friendships particularly going into adulthood and stuff um i think most of the, the surface and the homies and the clown relationships we're, we're joking with are the ones that haven't progressed to the point where we can share in what we've discovered about that anger when uh, when we haven't done the work of naming we can't introduce our angers to each other because we don't know their names yet you know what i'm saying yeah. <laughs> and i think that's it's kind of that's yeah. kind of dope to think about the fact that like yo like it's cool that we can identify um this and share this with each other but where do we go from here how do we learn to live with this partner mm. that could say like oh uh you, you hear what i say and i should still be angry make no mistake about it i am angry right mm. like and, and there's times when it kind of comes out i've learned to master it to the point where i can pass most respectability and civility tests but if we I like get, that. Yeah, if you like get to, to to a point to a certain point, like you, you you'll see what I'm about, and you'll see that like I've tried through through Jesus Christ to make sure that that anger always manifests itself righteously, but at the same right. token, like it, it hasn't gone anywhere. It's part of who yeah, I am. I hear you. I hear. Yeah. I hear you. I yeah. Hear you. I I I I can identify with that. Like uh. I mean, I told you, it really took me 34 years to really get to the point where I could recognize, you know what I'm saying? And 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 I even had someone to help me articulate that, someone yeah. to help me to, to see that, um, because I still couldn't see for looking. Well, I don't know if y'all heard this saying, you can't see for the forest for the trees. Yeah. Like, I couldn't see it. And, yeah, um, yeah man, that's, Trey, you dropping... <laughs> yeah, cause, yeah, cause, yeah, cause this is like, you know, obviously, you know, this isn't exhaustive, you know, there are obviously great black male friendships. So those are awesome. And I've, I've been a part of those, but I, I do know that when people, even within our own community, when we look at our community, are black men known for emotionally intelligent mm. friendships that are long lasting. That's real, no. That mm. band together to protect the community. And I'll leave that up to others to decide the answer to that question. 
But what I am interested in is removing the barriers that you're you're posing, Trey. Like, what are these impediments? And I think one, the first one clearly defined is like not knowing those hurts in those thing, those emotional places that hinder us. And I think the biggest one that we see displayed in us as black men is anger. And I think it's mislabeled anger. And a lot of the times, you know, as I'm really processing, I'm like, no, I think it is hurt. I think it's profound hurt. And I'm thinking back now, as you were talking Trey now, like a lot of homies in high school, even those, they were hurt. I mean, even the class clowns were hurt. Yeah. Uh, but they wasn't yeah. going to oh, say, yeah. I'm emotional today. <laughs> you know, like I'm feeling um, in my feelings. Uh, so that wasn't acceptable. Right. And so they learned how to survive. And I think what, what um, is stirring up in me right now is taking that into adulthood is hard because the possibilities for the strongest, greatest friendships, I think, can come from other Black men. I guess I'll put that on the table. Because when we do name those hurts and those, you know, those angers and, and name those places, I think the biggest allies and support can be other Black men. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely Period. True. I think those are the best. Po- I mean, I think they, they can pose the best friendships. And I'm starting to find those in my life, honestly. I think that's that's really real for the for the fact. And I'll give you a prime example. I have a few really good friendships, right? Like one of my one of my closer friends in life is 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 a um, young brother. He's a he's a white Cuban dude down here in Miami because I'm surrounded by white Cuban people in Miami. White. Um, you said what? I said I ain't white. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. He's a really good friend, a good heart, and he listens to me in in humility and and hears my story and what that's like. But there are certain things that because of the station he occupies in life, we cannot share in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when I say that, like one of the reasons that I love y'all too, like I do, is because certain things like ain't gotta be explained. Like True. y'all know what it is. Even with us having walked different paths in life, even with us carrying different traumas, even with us coming even to Christ in different ways with all of the, yeah. this certain stuff, what's understood ain't gotta be explained, right? So I think there's something powerful when somebody who has a shared life experience without y'all having walked uh, two steps beside each other before when you come to that meeting point and, and don't have to to navigate what that looks like and can still get to that point of transparency and sharing and humility and love i think mm-hmm. that that's um one of the safest places to be when that trust is available among that group you sure. know yeah. yeah am i making yeah. sense no you are and i i think a bit about our friendship because y'all, y'all to the listeners, some of y'all seem endlessly curious. Um, so I'll insert this here. Uh, we actually have never met in real life. All At all. And uh, so to those who think that um, internet friendships cannot be real friendships, stop saying that. Uh, Cause that's not true. <laughs> um, that dumb stuff. Yeah. Um, that's not in the Bible. I don't know where you got it. Cut it. <laughs> Cut it. But um, 
I think what is, but we have fought like we <laughs> have met in person. Not, but you, and you know what? I was I was gonna say something about like that. You know, um, one of the things that I really respect about the two of y'all is it's not awkward to approach y'all or for y'all to approach me when there's a fence and it's yeah. like it's quick it's it's straight to the point because we're all straight with the point like we don't <laughs> ain't no beat around the bush we straight to the point i feel like we're pretty blunt with each other you know what i'm saying um so for us to have that and mm-hmm. still kick it like we do you know what i'm yeah. saying yeah <laughs> and just, I, it, it, it i love that man it's, that's so authentic that's, that's real and one of the things that took like one thing i've noticed is that when there is offense among us right and we typically bring it up pretty quickly we usually rush to try to get back on the right side of right you know For real <laughs> like and, very quickly yes and, and i think that that's um a responsibility that each of us has taken on individually that makes this work. Because when earlier we're talking about traumas and unresolved things that and, and, and triggers and stuff like that, when you don't have that responsibility to, to get back on the right side of right, what happens is that one trigger sets somebody off and they respond in a certain way. And then it's a, a ping pong match back and forth uh, mm-hmm. where, 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 where now we just setting each other off. And I've seen people drift away over the smallest things because nobody felt the need to get back on the right side of right. right? And yeah. in that regard, I think like it's important to note that a uh, fruitful friendship is a responsibility, which is why yeah. I don't go around taking on too many of them because I don't have but so much of me to give away. True. Oof. And not to over-spiritualize everything, but I think that that's a, a biblical and, and Jesus model thing. Jesus had the crowd, Jesus had the 12, Jesus had the three, you know? <laughs> like it, yeah. it, it, ain't, it ain't but so much that of me that I have to offer. But I like to make sure that when I do offer people something that 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 they can depend on it so one of the things that works well with us in particular like i said we always try to make sure that we're in a rush to get back on the right side of right because we value what we have uh, more than whatever little points of pride or or personality traits that we we brought in there and and i think that well me personally i i've grown as a person because of that commitment to y'all and and yeah. that commitment to hearing y'all yeah. And it's yeah. it's a blessing when you take that responsibility seriously, but it is a responsibility. True. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, well, I was just gonna say I, I think um, we we understand what it is to love our neighbor, right? Yes, like, true. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a biblical mandate there. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, if if you tell me that what I said was offensive. I'm not coming back. The first thing I do is not come back with, here's what I meant. No, 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 no. I'm sorry that I offended you. Can yeah, I yeah. can I just explain where I was coming from? Because I think you took it, you may have taken it the wrong way, or maybe I didn't communicate it the right way. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like there's a different approach uh, of of like Trey, like Trey said to to want to be on the side of right, but also to want to understand better, and and oftentimes what I notice, especially like when I watch the two of y'all, it's not Trey explaining himself or Robert explaining himself so that um, the other person can understand 
where you're coming from. It's so that it seems to be so that you can understand where, where they're coming from and their understanding. Mm. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I, and and that even is different. That's new to me. Yeah. And then something about me, I think that y'all have learned and are learning. I genuinely think like I think highly of people sometimes too highly so like when someone wrongs me like in you know there's you know when there's that initial uh rub and 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 you try to justify or you try and explain yourself like no what I meant was blah 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 I uh for me in love when I'm in connection with people I assume that you uh want the best for me right so you don't have to prove yourself in that place i don't give the benefit of the doubt to everyone we talked about that <laughs> i was just trying to say that we're giving these folks the benefit yeah yeah, yeah. that's not everyone so don't try Man, me i call yeah. myself slipping a couple of times yeah, yeah yeah don't don't be stranger on the street benefit of the doubt but in relationships with people i assume you mean well so that you don't have to uh prosecute legislate defend right um no i still love no, that that's settled. You still hurt my feelings, <laughs> right? right? And um, and I, I think that that's part of adult male friendships to the ability to say, "Hey, my feelings are hurt," and that's something I'm liking, not just in our friendship, but other the few other like really healthy friendships I have, mm-hmm. where you can just say, "Hey, don't do that again. That hurts my feelings." You know, I, I think culturally, I think culturally, um, just knowing the history of Black Americans, um, I think typically Black men typically teach Black boys to be more hard, to not yes, yes, be yes. more sensitive because you have to be that way uh, because you can't show weakness. You have to be strong. You got to be the rock. You know yeah, what I'm saying? So yeah, we're not taught to process and deal with our emotions. So, so the only way we know how to express it is anger. Yeah. So and I think I th- that goes I think, back to what you were saying, where the pain is, the, the anger is really grief, but we don't yeah. know how to process that. And I think, which is shocking, I think, in maybe even in the some, the initial times where I said, I would tell Trey like, hey, 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 homie, some of what you're saying has hurt me. And I expected like, okay, well, I'm... I'm geared up, ready to go. And his initial responses was quick to like make it right. That was shocking to me, you know, because that like kind of revolutionized what male friendship could look like because I hadn't seen those models. Now, obviously, like I do know healthy black men, but I hadn't seen a lot of examples of black male friendships, the intricacies of it, right? Like I might know that these two pastors are friends, but because I don't know what the inside of their relationship looks like, how can I know what forgiveness and friendship looks like between black men? Does that make sense? No. Or because I don't have a good relationship with my father. How can I know? Does that make sense? Like, yeah, I might yeah. even know healthy black men, but I don't get to like sit there and watch them. Like, okay, how do you deal with X, Y, and Z? 
also the thing that that I've sort of learned about myself is that the the men the black men in my life that I held in high regard um that hurt me a certain way um whenever I saw that characteristic in somebody else I don't need you oh yeah yeah that's really well okay that's, I don't need that's you. Real. And I'm quitting now. I'm cutting people off. But instead of run, and instead of uh, dealing with, I need to deal with misdiagnosed pain. That's true. That's real. That's real. <laughs> and then the other thing, like as a defense mechanism, right? Because most people don't like seeming ornery, right? Like we want to at least be cordial and approachable, even if we not down to be friends, friends of folks, like a, a acquaintanceship means something in most circumstances. So there's certain, uh, like, like personalities that we cultivate certain parts of us that, that we offer. And one day I just found myself being exhausted, having to be this way with my, my, my work friends and being this way with my church friends and being this way with the friends that I still keep in contact with from high school. And it yeah. was so exhausting, like having to find myself yeah. divided that many different ways. And I realized that I was actually cheating myself of the fullness of relationship by mm. putting up all of these defense mechanisms. Because wow. when, when you see those little those little traits that that like you know what I don't need you I'm, I'm gonna stay like we keep people at a distance at our own expense sometimes. Yeah. So that's why like one of the, one of the things I do like pe people notice that um, I, I speak in my own vernacular like the majority of the time like even I, I will speak theological truths in my vernacular for the fact that I made a commitment to myself that I was going to be the same me everywhere like mm. I, when I when I preach ain't no cold switching. Yeah, ain't no cold switch. We're not doing that no more. We're not doing it. But like, even when, when I preach, I talk the same exact way because I realize that no, I don't need to speak in 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 the Queen's English for you to get what I'm saying. Right. And as a matter yeah. of fact, it's gonna sound like somebody else if I do do it. And I say all of that to say that when we're looking at like authentic friendships, we don't really get to pick which personality that we want to put forth, right? Mm -hmm. Because all that's going to end up doing is tiring you out. You're going to have to exert too much mental energy. So that commitment to being your authentic self with somebody is going to bless you as much as it blesses them. Yeah, it does. And it does. And I, I think being your authentic self looks like first, like you knowing what that authentic self is and, yeah. and, and, yeah. and navigating that space uh plug for therapy uh plug for journaling plug for contemplative prayer but i uh, got a nice little uh yeah he to, truly to does recommend <laughs> truly uh, follow him <laughs> on twitter <laughs> at pastor trail five hey but that's yeah. really real because okay I'll give you, I'm a huge proponent of taking care of your mental health. I'm a huge mm -hmm. proponent of Same. therapy, but there is also a new wave where we like to pretend everybody needs a therapist. And I think that's true to an extent that we need to take care of our minds just like we do our bodies. Like 
making sure you stay on top of that. But we also have to acknowledge that not everybody's at the place where that form of, of therapy of sitting down with a licensed counselor is what they need in that moment. Mm. So for me, like I've sat down with therapists and I'm like, honestly, I can't really help you because you seem to have already processed all of these things on your own. Like I'm just that I've had therapists be like, yo, I'm just taking your money at this point. And mm. when you talk about my journal regiment, like that is therapy for me. That's where like I can't wrestle with my thoughts and what I'm going through until I've articulated them. And that's mm-hmm. my journal is one of the places I do that. Mm-hmm. And, and for that reason, like it, it's funny, even um, there's times in my journal, you might go in there and it's a couple, it's a couple swears in there. Like, and, and I say, <gasps> oh, <almost>. it, it, <laughs> I've been journaling since 2004. It's more than a couple, <laughs> but that's what it's I a say, lot of that. Like y'all have heard or seen me swear. Yeah, there's too hot for TV people, in there. Yeah, but there's, there's lots of people listening to this podcast. You might never hear me say anything beyond the word hell for the fact that like I don't know you like that. I don't want to change your opinion of me. Like I can't risk you having your worldview shattered because you saw me in this way or whatever. And and that's yeah. what I say, like the energy it takes for me to be who you need me to be is a lot sometimes. So it's important to have somebody that you can be all of you with. Like I can say certain stuff with y'all that I know is gonna blow somebody up, like do the little Dave Chappelle head explode with the with the Clayton Bigsby clan rally thing. Like I, I can say some things that I know will drive some people like that, but you gotta have somebody that you can be that with. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I never even I, thought of it like that. True. Dang. As we as we get ready to wrap up, I want to I want to speak to the Christian space for a second with these friendships specifically. We we kind of alluded to it a lot, but uh, the difficulties with establishing Christian male friendships uh, or the blessings of it. Let's talk about it real quick. Um, I'll go first. Um, you talked uh, at the beginning of the podcast, Trey, you said uh, trying to be something you're not. I think that makes Christian friendships in general, male or female, exhausting to me. Um, <laughs> and even with what you were just talking about, like I feel often establishing Christian friendships is I have to determine how spiritual do you expect me to be? Yes. In what you determine <laughs> spirituality to be. Yes. Meaning if I say, for example, if I say, hey, I'm having a hard day, are you the kind of Christian that's like, oh, we need to cheer you right on up? Oh, God. <laughs> we, we're not going to be friends then. Don't Jesus like, on the throne me. Listen. Yeah, like Jesus. <laughs> Well, I mean, but Jesus on the th- oh God, we're not gonna be friends. <laughs> and uh, you know what I'm saying? Right. It and, could be worse. Man, yeah, ooh, if you don't, get don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. And so, I, but especially with men, I feel like with the few men that is that are in the church, it feels like it's even more this puffed up spiritual machismo type. Oh, man feeling and it just is so exhausting to me i'm like i've bled over on so many people because of trying because of what you just said yeah and then my own personal experience from outside between that and trying to keep up with what trey said the the expectation of who i think you want me to be and then uh not knowing if you're gonna judge me because i'm stressed out and i want to tell you that this sucks 
you know what I'm saying? But I can't, I can't speak. I don't feel like I can speak freely because I feel like you're going to shove scripture down my throat when honestly right now, maybe I just need you to listen and say, I'm sorry. That's really, you know real. what I'm saying? There's also the whole little constraints about like when, especially in church settings, when they be doing the little men's retreats and everything like that, and they feel they gotta go all OD with, with the manhood stuff, whatever that means. You be out there fishing, like, first of all, it's hot out here. Like, I don't even like being outside. Like, I don't want to do this. And I don't mind going on your little boat, but it better be like, I'm, I'm bringing my red cup with me. That's how this is going down. But now you see me with a red cup, I can't be past the train no more. You want me to be spiritual. Like, nah, you brought me on this boat. Like, I'm not yeah. doing it. Right. Like, what so we so here? we we got that whole little weird dance we doing like this ain't even me like go, can we go play some xbox or something that's mainly something. enough right you know <laughs> and, and, and that whole little dance where like we feel like <laughs> biblical manhood has to be whatever the heck it is people think it has to skin be. a bear because, yeah <laughs> so then you you end so up developing biblical manhood and the preoccupation with it is weird it is Toxic. not just weird it's some whiteness I love y'all. Yeah. Man, that was heavy. I remember as I went back to listen to this, probably just before halfway through the conversation and around like 25 minutes into the thing, maybe about 27 minutes if you factor in the intro, I put at the front of this. Rob had this one line where he talked about us not seeing black men grieving too often. Sitting with the fact that that one quote, but I sat with my anger long enough until she told me her name was grief. And as we've continued to grow as friends and as this platform has developed, the world has continued to go in some places that a lot of us aren't necessarily enjoying. There's a lot of grief to go around. It's been a lot of legitimate causes for fear. And it's the friendship that I have, not only with Rob and Sam, but with other people, allowing myself to go to these places that we started to scratch the surface of in these conversations that I've been able to deal with some of these things and name some things as grief, accept that grief as a legitimate and proper part of my experience as a human. One of the things that I chuckled at in this episode, I talked about how I wasn't in therapy, uh, because I had mixed results there and therapists telling me different things, that has changed. I'm in therapy now. I am pro-therapy and not even because I hit this place where I couldn't keep going anymore, just because I wanted to be better equipped to keep moving forward, regardless of what was thrown in my direction. And that decision to go to therapy is inspired partly by the example of Robin Sam, two black men that I respect a whole lot and two black men who were in therapy who are very dear friends to me. And in turn, therapy has made me a better friend. It's helped me to be more present and a whole lot of other stuff. But this conversation sits with me for the simple fact that over the course of the pandemic, redefining so many of our like social structures and interactions and even professional settings or whatever, I feel like a lot of us have kind of, if not forgotten, struggled with how we relate to people. 
It's not only unique to black males, but I think it's one of those compounding factors where the performance of machismo or whatever it is that we felt pressured to do compounds the fact that it's hard to connect with people in this new normal, whatever that's shaken out to be over this time. And we're still in the journey of trying to grow more whole, trying to be better, trying to love better through all of this. Um, but this conversation was a beacon of hope and reminded me that we do have the capacity to connect on this level. We could be vulnerable with each other. We could be intimate with one another. And that when it's all said and done, when we lean into these friendships, we're going to be all right. Hope that each of y'all is fortunate enough to find you a couple friends that will help you through the times you need helping through. That's all for this trip in the Wayback Machine. Y'all be easy. We appreciate you rocking with us for another episode of Three Black Men. Here's the part of the show where we ask a favor from you. Now, earlier I mentioned a couple of ways that you can support us by joining our community over at patreon.com slash three black men. We have multi-tiered support options and you can get bonus content. If you don't want to do that, you can submit a one-time contribution by finding us on PayPal at threeblackmenpodcast at gmail.com. But we ain't here to tap your pockets. Here's a few ways that you can help us out without spending a single dime. You can stop what you're doing right here, right now, and make sure that you've left us a review and a rating. Don't just give us the five stars. Go ahead and write out how much you love this show and tell everybody about it. Do it on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you at. Make sure you leave that rating and a review, and that's going to help even more people join the fun over here. Thank you so much. I knew God loved you for some reason. <laughs>